Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Orbital Taste. Today is Wednesday, November 16th. Today's episode is brought to you by Space Flight Hub and Space with Spo. On today's episode, we'll break down the hottest space news on the planet, as always. We'll talk about last night's Artemis 1 moon mission launch. We have some good news about NASA's capstone CubeStat. We'll recap this week's Space Station Spacewalk. And as always, we'll end the episode with a quick launch and scrub of the week. Last night, all eyes on the planet were on the historic launch pad 39B when the Orion spacecraft and the SLS rocket lifted off for the first time. Pat, the party has officially started. Artemis 2 is next. Artemis 3 is down the line. Humans are officially going back to the moon. How are we feeling? I'm so glad to be not talking about the launch anymore. I'm just glad it's behind us. Uh, congratulations to uh, to Boeing and to NASA and to all of the other people who have spent thousands of hours, all the tens of thousands of people who have spent tens of thousands of hours on this thing. I'm just glad we're finally off planet and we can stop talking about the delays. I'm like you. I'm just happy this thing is off the fucking ground. Guys, if you're just tuning in, this is the first in a series of increasingly complex missions to build a long-term human presence on the moon for decades to come. But Pat, we also learned that NASA has a new video editing team and they created one of the craziest hype videos in NASA history, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was ready to run through a wall and I'm just, I'm saying there's no way that NASA did that. I think they hired an agency, a creative agency to do that. That's, they that's, had my, own. that's, my, yeah. that's my orbital take on that. I literally want to put a astronaut helmet on and run through a fucking brick wall. I'm not kidding yeah. when I say that. When I saw that yeah. video, it was great. NASA PR not known for its hype machine, but they they knocked it out of the park on this one. That's for sure. So if you didn't get a chance to see the launch last night, you can go on YouTube on NASA's channel and they have a full replay of what you missed. Today, this morning, be on the lookout for some Earth views from the Orion spacecraft. It's going to be looking back on our planet. That's going to be hype. I'm really excited to see that. And yeah, this is just going to let us know if this rocket can hold humans on it for Artemis 2 and 3, right? I mean, do you think that yep. the, the primary goal isn't achieved until this thing comes home on December 11th, right? True, true. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, and that's, you know, that when it's, we've already seen the Orion capsule uh, go um, go to space and come back. But this is, you know, going actually around the moon. It's going to come back at or at uh, that kind of velocity. Uh, I can't wait to see the the high def pictures of the Earth rise from the Orion capsule. Super hyped about that. Yeah, and this is uh so on Artemis one right now. It's actually going to deploy ten small satellites on its journey. These things are called CubeSats, and they're going to perform a bunch of different shit to make sure that orbits right. And that actually leads us into our next topic. The first CubeSat that we sent up about two months ago is finally successfully arrived in the moon's orbit. Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Capstone, which we've talked about before. It's a little CubeSat that's investigating the near rectilinear halo orbit, um, which is an orbit that allows for uh it's so your your spacecraft is like kind of going around the moon in a, in a funky way it's not just like circling it uh but it allows for constant communication with earth 
Um, so you don't have what we had in, during the Apollo program where the, the, the blackout where uh, the, the craft would go on the far side of the moon and no direct line of sight to Earth and they would lose comms for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, uh, uh, this orbit, uh, basically, you, you don't have that. You have a constant communication. Uh, but it's never been investigated before. So this little CubeSat, um, it, it took, what, like a, a month, a little over a month to to get there because it doesn't have a ton of fuel. But using the laws of physics, it was able to insert itself into that uh, near rectilinear halo orbit, uh, which whoever came up with that name, like, could you come up with a more difficult thing to say? Like, come on. Like just like a backwards circle orbit or, you know, backwards funky orbit. But no, it's like near rectilinear halo orbit. Yeah, come on. Do you know how many times I've had to cut my stutters from when I say that on these episodes? Like I pretty much (laughs) don't, I don't think I've ever pronounced that correctly. You know, it's in, you can get in trouble. You know, it's uh, rectilinear (laughs) is very close to rectum. You know, you gotta be, gotta be careful. So this capstone is going to serve as the pathfinder and it's going to demonstrate the new system of auto nav. I mean, that's so dope. How Yeah, so cool. We don't know where the lunar gateway, like we don't know the exact path it's going to take yet, but this little baby like microwave, I think it's even smaller than a microwave. I think it could fit inside like a miniature fridge, but this little device that we sent up there is going to pave the way for humans to be living, breathing and shitting in orbit around the moon, (laughs) right? Like it's just so crazy to think about that. Like it really does start small. And then this mission's planned to be six months. I know that. And this was Mm -hmm. a rocket lab's first deep space mission that's finally mm-hmm. now a success which is great so congrats to rocket lab yeah. uh if you guys don't remember they launched on the electron rocket back in new zealand uh, a few months ago this is dope this is great all around right mm-hmm. yeah it kind of you know little bits of of everything uh that the artemis program will will touch you know uh, commercial um commercial partners you know this this funky orbit um the lighting conditions as well it's gonna you know check out the the lighting conditions of the south pole uh which is gonna be oh, weird yeah. so so yeah this is really you know artemis 0.5 if, if you will um it's an, you know not quite a full artemis mission but uh definitely uh is is vital to the overall program a massive week for NASA. Uh, all right, let's talk about these spacewalks this week. So the first in a series of end-of-the-year spacewalks kicked off on Tuesday morning outside the International Space Station. So these were first-time spacewalkers. So congrats to Josh Cascada and Frank Rubio, uh, two astronauts. They went outside the space station for seven hours and got a bunch of shit done. Uh, I think these spacewalks are, I think these spacewalks are the coolest part of being a NASA astronaut like you know it's it's literally your job to go outside and like clean the space station maintain it make sure it stays up there everything's clean and everything it's just so sick plus you get to see the earth underneath you as you're working outside this thing I mean it's scary but fuck man it's got to be one of the coolest experiences to do as a human though absolutely I was kind of surprised that both of them were rookies and they went out because I, I thought they had like a rule that, um, and maybe this was just back in the shuttle days where, uh, one in person always had to have EBA experience in case anything went, went rogue or, or, you know, um, did, or there was an anomaly of some kind. Um, I guess when you think about it, ultimately these guys spent so many, uh, and, and these guys and gals spend hundreds of, of, or thousands of hours training for this. So, uh, they're certainly well-qualified. Uh, you know, you said uh, one of the coolest experiences as an astronaut, you know, seeing the Earth float uh, under you. It reminds me of one of the, um, I think it was Apollo Soyuz test project. 
uh, they had this big uh, telescope mount thing that was like like a hundred feet or something like that um, above quote unquote the um, the the Skylab. Um, and they had to go up, go up there and, and service it from time to time. And one of the, one of the guys, um, one of the astronauts who did said that he felt like he was so far above the, uh, the sky lab that he had like a sense of like vertigo, which is so crazy. Cause like, well, you're already in space, you know, like what difference does a hundred feet make? Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, uh, the human brain, like literally can't, um, can't comprehend it. Um, yeah, it, it would it would be it'd be wild to to see that. The colors would be overwhelming too. I feel like if you just are looking down at the planet with no filter whatsoever, with just your eyes, right? Like if this isn't a 4K camera, like like you're looking with your own two retinas. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's overwhelming in its in itself. I'd probably pass out. Yeah, hopefully you know you don't have a William Shatner experience and you see death. <laughs> because i i saw i came home and i saw death in its face it's like jesus yeah. William, chill it's the like, fuck oh out yeah this was uh so tuesday spacewalk was the first nasa spacewalk since march and i actually didn't know that the one in march uh the astronaut matthias ended it with water in his helmet so they had to like go in immediately i totally forgot about that that is terrifying that is the last place you want to get something in your eye when you're out there Mm-hmm. with a tether <laughs> i think luckily they said it wasn't like when luca parmitano like almost drowned um it was more just like a condensation type thing because they brought yeah. the suit back and they investigated and they didn't find anything structurally wrong with it um yeah these these uh these this set of three spacewalks are going to be to install new solar arrays on the outside of the space station mm-hmm. uh they have these cool things called the international space station rollout solar array the irosa and it's uh kind of the same uh type of concept for um gosh who who was it recently just um oh it was dart dart mission had a, one of these rollout solar arrays um that's they're kind of a flexible material kind of thing and um they're able to like literally roll out so you can pack them up real tight and then um they install these like mounting brackets and then when the solar rays are brought up they just kind of unfurl into these brackets so uh, it's a way to save mass and save space um uh, for uh, a launch vehicle. So yeah, co- uh, technology continues to, to get better. And then they just go over the top of the existing solar arrays. So the existing solar arrays, while they're not, you know, uh, uh, up to, you know, full operating power, like they were when they were first installed, they're at least produce some power. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Let's move on oh. to launch and scrub of the week. Pat, let me kick us off here. I am yes, going sir. to launch the secretive Space Force space plane that has been all over the news this week. So it's a uh, U.S. military space drone. It landed at the Kennedy Space Center over the weekend on Saturday after two and a half years in orbit. That is so fucking long to be in orbit. It's uh, unmanned, and it took its first flight in 2010. It's been, like, on the DL this entire time. Like, nobody's said a word about this with the Space Force, which I thought was really cool. This is proof that the Space Force is down to collaborate with pretty much anybody to get ahead in the space industry. And I love that shit. I mean, this is also a big win for Boeing and uh, Lockheed Martin because it was like a joint venture between them. And anyone in theory now can get a deal with Space Force, which is dope, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know China has um, somehow has a a magical uh, ability to produce a space plane as well that has gone up so it looks just like ours it's funny how that works 
Yeah. I just think it's so sick that it was in orbit for like two and a half years and nobody had any mm. idea. So yeah. Didn't it break its previous record by like a year or something? Yeah. And think about that the past two years while we've been, you know, keeping tabs or on uh, supercluster.com, we're figuring out who's in space, what spaceships are in space the whole time. There was a secret space plane with space mm -hmm. force that we had no idea about. I kind of like that though. Like what do they have it's, up there now? That they're yeah. It's, has it been, it's been in orbit since Trump was president or something. Well, yeah, I think a while. That. that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. nuts. All right. What's your launch of the week? Yeah. My launch of the week is this uh, inflatable heat shield that NASA tested with a recent uh, satellite launch. Um, so this this inflatable heat shield is going to uh, open up uh, a lot of ca capabilities for us for like Mars sample return and uh, the Dragonfly mission to Titan. So like one of the the, the big things with mass and spacecraft is is the heat shield uh, obviously you don't want it to burn up as you're re-entering uh, or entering uh, an atmosphere um, so you have to have uh, protection to to mitigate that um, and obviously when you think of a, a heat shield it's like a, a big massive thing that protects it and so this uh, ma materials um, was a kind of an inflatable deal and you can see a video which which i will uh cut a clip of so we can see it but yeah it just basically inflates and it's a heat shield um so it's you know very small and compact and lightweight on the way up but then once it gets into space and it inflates boom there's your heat shield and with uh you know um material sciences being um in constantly improved uh it was able to uh come back and uh, uh splash down in the ocean and they recovered it um and yeah so this is going to pave the way for a future mars sample return um so we don't have to have this massive heat shield to protect that uh it's going to pave the way for dragonfly when it goes to titan uh, because the titan's atmosphere is like twice as thick as is earth so a ton of friction there um but uh yeah, it's just it's cool to see this this stuff continue to to improve. What is your scrub of the week? All right, so my scrub of the week unfortunately really sucks for me. I'm going to scrub my financial savings account. No, I'm kidding. I'm scrubbing my Robinhood account. Uh, Astra Space is laying off another sixteen percent of their workforce, and I have a fuck ton of Astra Space stock. Uh, so it's a move that the company's leadership said they needed to do to focus on its resources and they're basically trying to redo everything over there. They're trying not to go bankrupt and they're trying to just stay afloat and get one of their vehicles to orbit over the next couple of years. But for now, my Astra stock is really fucking hurting. So I'm going to scrub my financial savings at the moment, unfortunately. Dude, I'm sorry about that, man. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, did Astra go public with a, with a SPAC? Do you know? Yeah, well, I know that, yeah, they went public like earlier this year and I bought a shit ton of money because I was like, oh, a hot new space company. I believe in these guys. I think yeah. we spoke about them like once on like episode three or four. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so the two things that I've lost the most money on this year or the past two years is the Earth 2 like digital land like it's like earth like a simulation of earth where you buy property and then like you know it's going to be a vr in the future which maybe i didn't completely lose that money yet but astra space i put a shit ton in all gone so that just goes to show you at home make uh make smart gambles on uh which companies you think are going to do well don't end up like me with astra space a ton of co space companies have gone public via the spac the special purpose acquisition company which is like a, a fast-tracked way I'm over I'm oversimplifying this, of course, but it's like a, a fast track way to go public. So you don't have to go through the whole IPO. 
um, and, and financials and all that stuff. Um, it's just a way to get a quick, you know, infusion of cash. But a lot of these companies are um, maybe not ready to go public as, as I think we're seeing with Astra. Well, what's your yeah. uh, scrub of the week? My scrub of the week, Light Sale 2. Thank you for your service. Uh, Light Sale 2 uh, is a product of the Planetary Society, of which you and I are both proud members. Respect. Um, the So a, a light sail is uh, basically uh, solar sailing. So it's this little CubeSat kind of thing, and it's got this massive... Uh, so it's like uh, got a, a football size, like it's almost like mylar, and it basically just catches the photon of the sun, and uh, that is slowly pushed over time. So this is um, it was a demonstration mission. The Planetary Society tried to do this um, back in, oh gosh, the uh, the 90s or the 80s. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, this is the second time that the Planetary Society has tried to do this, but the the first one it uh, blew up. Uh, on the way up um uh, so all of the payloads were lost uh but then the planetary society members said hey let's let's keep going on this so they raised more funds and they they built this thing and it launched on a falcon heavy and it's been you know i think the nominal mission was like like a few months and it's been uh sailing uh above our heads for the last two two years um, almost three years. So uh, it has changed its orbit multiple times. It's able to, you know, raise and lower and, and whatnot. But eventually, because of that atmosphere drag, it was always going to come back down. It was just a matter of time of for when, not if. But um, this is a proof of concept. Uh, other follow-up missions have been uh, proposed and, and funded. Um, there's a uh, breakthrough star shot. I don't know if you've heard about, about this mission. Um, it is a um, a brainchild of people such as Stephen Hawking, uh, where you have a a little tiny CubeSat with like basic telemetry, basic cameras and, and sensors, like very small, but a an even bigger sail than that. And the idea is to shoot lasers from Earth at this thing, and it will accelerate to wow. like 30, 30% of the speed of light. Um, and then you send it to Proxima Centauri, which is um, uh, like four light years away. So feasibly, you could do this within 20 years or so, get this thing going fast enough where it'll eventually get to uh, Proxima Centauri. And then it'll take like four years to send that back at the speed of light, all that, all that information. But um, yeah, solar sailing is, um, you know, we saw it in For All Mankind. They, uh, they unfurled a solar sail in the most recent season to, um, to get a little boost from the sun's photons and um, all that stems from, from this, this, uh, this planetary yeah. society mission. So light sail too. Thank you for your service. It's going to be huge for deep space missions and like using that for propulsion. Yeah, you're right. And I could see us using something like this for the next 200 to 500 years. And I don't know. I feel like aliens might some like have an aspect of this type of technology too. It just seems like it's a smart idea to like harness that power with the sail, right? Um, the Harvard professor Avi Loeb thinks that Amuamua was a, a an alien light sail type of thing yeah because as it's being you know um bombarded by photons from the various stars that like picked up speed and and whatnot so uh the the concept itself has been thought of for many years um but this was a a, a huge success for um for space and for the planetary society all right, well, there you have it. Another episode of Orbital Takes in the books. It's time for us to go watch the Jayhawks beat the absolute shit out of Duke tonight. Pat, where can they find us online? 
You can find us online at Orbital Takes on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Uh, Rock Chalk and at Astra, everybody. Yeah.